guess this is my segment of the podcast now. I have no idea what is going to happen next, which is just how I like it. But I think uh, Jesse and I might continue our conversation from earlier. That's a safe bet. I, yeah. <laughs> I bet we might. <laughs> Ooh, there's a little bridge. There is. I haven't bridge. listened to this much of the song until today. <laughs> it's good to discover new things. And we're done. Oh, that was a fun one. Thank you. I curated specifically for you. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> so, what? hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I think this is a segment where you throw people under the bus and they just figure out what to do from Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> My favorite thing is to throw people under the bus. I'm not helping you at all. Uh, so I think... We- Ooh, I might, I'm going to be a contentious guest. <gasps> Are you? Yes. Oh, man. I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> My conflict resolution skills might come to the forefront. Um, so I think earlier while we were having sort of... You think? You think? Oh, That's geez. me being contentious. I, <laughs> or that's I, me being just a little piece of shit. <laughs> I think you need a little bit more of a chamomile tea or something. This like, is non-caffeine. This is, yeah. this is the... I'm coming down on this okay, one. Okay, good. Good. That will be okay. helpful. Let me let me at least give you a chance to say your sentence. You were saying something about how you thought something happened. Oh, um, well, we had our pre-interview um, chit chat. Yes. Because Ooh, a little peek behind the curtain yeah. for the listeners at home. Because I uh, arrived an hour early because you I wanted to throw indeed. you off. I mean, yes. that was my intention. Completely. Okay, you nuked. <laughs> Every plan I had to look prepared and professional on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also you had to watch me eat because you showed up so early. Yes, yes. I can blame that on L.A. traffic because it's either I'm an hour early or an hour late. I mean, you you just have this short window of getting to places. Can I say a very sincere, non-ironic, non-cynical thank you for uh, showing up an hour early when you showed up an hour early? And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Um, All too often... Just making sure the batteries are good. All too often, what will happen is uh, somebody will be early and then they'll sit in their car for 15 minutes or something, or they'll go to like a Starbucks for half an hour or whatever it is. But it it made me very happy that you knew that our relationship was one that you could knock on the door an hour early and just come in and, you know, no skin. I, I appreciate your forwardness. <laughs> I think there's um, there's also that... You're going to have a conversation with this person for an hour. It's going to be recorded. And if you want it to be fun, you got to have this sort of warm up, right? And, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had that sort of warm up because you were at the workshops, you were busy taking photos. I was busy running around trying to do, you know, other things. So we didn't really have a chance to really kind of have a nice sit down conversation beforehand. So I thought that would, that was a good opportunity to do that. So I just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to knock on the door and see where this goes. You're playing with fire there because, um, the worst thing that can happen is that we burn through all the most interesting stuff in the lead up conversation. Uh, but I have full confidence in the abundance theory of life. And I know that there's always going to be something. Bring me up to speed on the abundance theory of life. I can kind of infer what it means uh, through context clues, but give me, give me the, give me how you define. Well, I just think that, you know, people think in terms of finite, like, Oh, there's, there's a, it's a, there's a finite supply of friendships and, and love and money and all of these things but if you believe that in abundance like you will know Mm -hmm. that you're never going to run out of stories to tell or to write you're never going to run out of friends to meet you're never going to run out of love to give you're never going to run out of money there's always going to be opportunities to make more um so i feel the same way like you know it's you can have an hour-long conversation with a person you're always going to find more to talk about now i got a question um about the uh, the abundance of writing, have you ever hit writer's block? Yes, um, but I think it's more of an emotional block than a creative one, mm-hmm. because I feel like writing is tied so much to your emotional state. And when you are writing, when you're in this creative state, you have to be sort of almost in the state of joy. Like you have to fully enjoy what you're doing. You know, like mm-hmm. oh my. 
I'm really enjoying making up, you know, these stories and these worlds and putting my character through such a ringer. Like yeah, yeah. there has to be some kind of enjoyment. And if, and there's something bugging you, if you're anxious about something, you're worried about something, it's hard to be in that sort of creative state. So I, I feel like it's not really writer's block per se, but it's more of like an emotional block that you yeah. have to somehow find a way to overcome. Um, and what are your techniques? Like when, uh, when that hits, like what do you do to, to over overcome? I find a roundabout way um, to get to creativity again. So like, for instance, if I find myself blocked with writing, I try to do something creative adjacent. So like maybe I doodle, maybe I draw, maybe I like pick up the guitar or, you know. You strum? I do strum a little bit. I'm trying to learn the ukulele, which mm -hmm. I haven't had time to do. Um, photography too is one of my interests. So I do that or I do something, you know, fun and creative, like try to find ways to mess, mess around with my cat and play with toys and stuff like that. I mean, how many cats do you have? I, I four. Okay. What are the names? <laughs> uh, well, there's Muffin, there's Millie, there's Nomi and Nudge. We started out with one. Mm-hmm. And we were like, after two years, man, our schedule is so bad. Like, this poor cat is by itself. Muffy, Millie, Nomi, Nudge? Muffin, Millie, Nomi, and Nudge. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the deal with the MMNN? Is that just coincidence or is that intentional? Um, sort of intentional. My, um, my wife's name is Maiko. And mm -hmm. so the first two kitties are M's. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, hey. We are going to have two more cats, and so they I am not have not suffering to be, through this monopoly on they cat have naming to be, initials. Yes, and and so I insisted that we have equal opportunities. Um, and what happens if you get a fifth cat, Moon? We will not get it. <laughs> I think the last two kitties kind of happened by accident because a stray adopted us and decided mm -hmm. to have babies. Um, in our yard. Okay. And we were like, we cannot leave them out here poor and defenseless. And they are so precious. And so we had our first experience fostering kitties. Um, so at one point in the house, we had like nine cats because we had our two originals. We had mm -hmm. the mama cat and then we had like her six babies. Did all of them have names? And do you remember those names? They were all named after Star Wars characters. So there was Anakin, there was Padme, there was Rey, there was Leia, there was Luke. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, because uh, we realized, you know what, they're going to have a change of name at some point when they do get adopted. So um, this is the easiest way to kind of come up with some names for them. But we did end up keeping Mama Cat, Nudge, mm -hmm. and uh, one of her babies to keep her company, um, Padme, now is Nomi. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. That all tracks. I believe yeah. you. I'm yeah. not calling. I'm not calling baloney on any of that. <laughs> Are you a Star Wars fan, or was it just like that's a bunch of names that are convenient? I do. I do love Star Wars. I mean, I'm a big fan of sci-fi and fantasy in general. So that that would be within my wheelhouse. Okay. Um, you know, Star Wars. I I love that it's like a. <laughs> It's a never-ending story because they always come up with some new storyline to kind of pursue and, you know, again, abundance of ideas. So. All right. <laughs> oh, I think I like Star Wars over Star Trek, though. I know some people are, some people think it's an either or. I'm a big believer in like, you can have all of it. I call that the abundance theory. You can enjoy Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. I think like trying. Yeah, they're different if you care about them. But if you don't care, they're almost identical. Right. I don't know why you have to either like this or that. I mean, they're all stories. If you enjoy that, you know, kind of story, then you will enjoy all of them. Like, you know, what were your movies growing up when you were a little kid? Um. Well, I grew up around a lot of these like. Tagalog movies, of course. Yep. Um, but I think the first one that I'd watched... I don't know what that pop noise was. It was me... It was okay. a transition. Can I Can I, Can I? I uh, lay my ignorance on display? <laughs> yes. How, how did you say that word that starts with the T again? Tagalog. Okay, yep, yep, yep. I've only ever read it, so I always read it as Tagalog. Oh, and that's And that, the, that that's pop noise was my brain. <laughs> yep, that pop noise was my brain saying, what did she say? Oh. Tagalog, yes. Uh, I think, yeah, a lot of Americans pronounce it that way, but it's Tagalog. That's how it reads to us. Yeah. It's one of the, um, 
it's maybe the main sort of um, dialects because we have a bunch of different ones in the Philippines. So that's the one I have that I speak. Um, Tagalog. Now we all know that your favorite word in English is discombobulate. What's your favorite word in Tagalog? Help me through it. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Tagalog. No, no, I'm not rescuing you from this one. Tagalog? Tagalog. There yeah, you go. Look at me go. I, I am teachable. What's your favorite word in Tagalog? Uh, I can't say I have one, but I do. There's this word that popped up in my brain. It's called, it's pagkakaisa, which means like unity. Ah, very nice. So I don't know why that came up. Maybe that's what we need in this world today. Um <laughs> Casting shade on the world. Yes. Throwing shade. When I throw shade, it's it's an eclipse. So, yes. anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, you got the whole world in, in that one. Um, so we're a solutions-oriented podcast. How do you think that we could be experiencing more unity as a planet? What could we be doing? What could the average person be doing on a day-to-day basis to fix the problem that I agree with you exists? I think it all stems from honestly a lacked uh, a lack of respect you know if you don't respect nature you won't care about it you won't respect people you you won't care about their plight and their needs so i think that would be the biggest thing is like start respecting the people and the world around you and maybe you will end up wanting to do better you know i feel like that's sort of at the root of all of these problems is like people just feel like their rights are more important than other people's or like more important than mother nature's. And so there's just a lack of disrespect in that sense. A surplus of disrespect. Yes. Um, here's a, here's a quick question I got on my mind about you. Mm -hmm. We, we just got to know each other. I mean, we've worked together plenty. This is the podcast where I almost every other episode, I will say we've worked together a whole bunch and this is the first time I've actually sat down and talked to you. Um, where do you keep your emotions? You have a like a pretty even keel, mm-hmm. uh, a flat read, if you will. Yes, but I'm not. I'm not ready to make the jump that you don't have emotions. <laughs> I am a robot. Um, no, I just. So here's the thing. I run a lot of events here at work at all the groups that I am a part of. The events are such a big thing. I'm like basically an event organizer uh, for writers. And when you run events, it's very important to keep calm at all times. If you're the main organizer and you are panicked because something happens, mm-hmm. everything falls apart. You're sort of the linchpin of everything, you know, so... If like one of your coworkers comes running up and says, oh my God, we ran out of this and that. It is your job as the event organizer to be that calm person and say, okay, well, let's find a solution to this mm-hmm. problem. So I think I've just sort of developed this very even keeled, like calm kind of, all right, well, here's the problem. Let's find the solution kind of uh, right away. But I have to say, I think we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. um, and this was this is going to all connect at some point. I promise you. We were talking about like how I ended up sort of liking fantasy, like why why is that my genre of choice um, to write and to read and basically to watch? Um, and you were like, let's save that for for later on. Yes. Um, so the reason I love fantasies because I grew up thinking that this was a real thing. Mm-hmm. I grew up. Um, uh, thinking that every single person on this earth had some kind of special gift or talent because I grew up with family members having that. So like, for instance, my, one of my aunts can read palms. Another one could do tarot cards. Uh, my mom can, you know, see ghosts, like stuff like that was normal Mm -hmm. for me growing up. And then of course I went into school and I was like, Oh wait, not everybody has this kind of thing. And then um, my aunt was like, well, it might be a genetic thing. Who knows? You might have a gift, too, because all of us seem to have something. Um, So be on the lookout for that. But, you know, you get into high school and you get into this sort of like teenage state of like, that's all. No, that's not true. Like, you know, Uh, and then we had this, you know, Catholic girls school. So we had a retreat and one of the activities that the nun through at us was the eyes are the windows to the soul. So find a partner for a minute and stare into each other's eyes and just 
talk. And I'm like, this is the stupidest activity ever. Like, why? But I did it anyways, because I'm a rule follower. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so there was one minute of like staring at the person. And then I wanted to fill that one minute with something other than silence, because it was kind of awkward. So I just started saying things. And then all the things I was saying was um, apparently like a personality reading of the person. Like I ended up reading who they were. So all of their reactions varied from like shock to like confusion to like a little bit of fear and anxiety. Like, how are you doing this? And I thought it was, it was like a weird episode from Twilight Zone where I'm like, maybe it's just this moment. But after that, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is what they were talking about. Like that genetic family gift thing. So after that, every time I met a new person, I would ask, do you want to be read just for fun to see if it still worked, you know? And every time I would get sort of the same reaction. So I get I get to meet a lot of people that way and make friends that way, which is great because as an introvert, I don't like small talk. I want to mm-hmm. get right into the, what can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? What can we give each other a value? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it kind of cut, cuts through all of the house of the weather conversation type things, um, which is very helpful. So that's why I love fantasy because I you know, think it's real kind of thing. <laughs> Magic is real. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, where do I go from here? Well, no, it's that thing where it's like, I'm a dyed in the wool cynic who believes that everybody is right, which leaves me in a weird place where... <laughs> Where I don't believe anything, but I believe everyone believes something. And that puts them kind of a mile ahead of me. It's well, I mean, that could be like sort a source of mystery for your listeners. Then I could read you after this off the record and then you can, you know, make your own decision about whether this is accurate or not. But does it count as a reading if you kind of like, you know, the terrain of me at this point? We've spent the last two hours... No, it's a very different kind of reading. Is there any reason not to do it on the air? No, uh, well, it's because it's personal and you might find some things which you don't want to divulge to the public at large. Nothing scary or anything. I won't see anything you don't want me to see, but there might be some more, you know, personal things there. Fuck it, let's do it. Oh, no! (laughs) You have put yourself in this spot. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. I I'm I'm cuz hey, there's a delete button. Ah. Where I can <gasps> That's true. Delete okay. any and I am the editor of this. Yes, yes. So That's true. Okay. Hold on, let me get in vulnerable cuz I'm going to be sweating and <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's not anything scary. I I just think of it as a fun way to kind of break the ice and like just but so you know. I, here's the thing is the ice is pretty well broken at this point. We've got There's a couple still days. A, lot more. a couple Pe- days of work together. Pe- people are icebergs. Oh, and, and so. n- few more so than me. I keep a lot of stuff guarded. Yeah. Okay, what do I have to do? How do I how do I not make this a nightmare for you? Well, the eyes are the windows of the soul, so that's that. You just have to, you know, give me the permission to read you, and then we go from there. One of the things, uh, see, now I'm like, I'm getting nervous. (laughs) I was only happy to look you dead in the eye until now. But um, one of the, one of the things, here's, here's the cost of entry. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite type of interview, I used to do these in Japan, is to sit down with someone and for two minutes, we do not say a word to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just watch each other's face. And that's that's like my favorite interview. It doesn't work on a podcast, really. No, it yeah. just plays as dead air. But after we do, what I'd like to do is uh, we'll do this. We'll jump into the fishbowl eventually. Uh, we'll do the wind down music and the you know the Instagram. If people want to find you, we'll do the plugs or whatever they're called. Then after that, uh, listeners who want to hang out for my favorite kind of interview. Just keep listening for a good two minutes and 15 <laughs> seconds after the show. All right. Can we do Can we do a, a silent interview together yeah. after after the, the whole, the actual, the program proper is wrapped up? Can we do that? Sure. Yeah. That All sounds right. like an interesting way of trying to get to know each other better. Um, See, here's the thing is you signed the release. I didn't sign the release, so I don't, I can delete anything I want. I, I have no you. rights to my own content. You got full control, so... Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, so I usually break up the reading into four categories just to okay. make it easier for me to organize things in my mind. I'm going to warn you. My eyes are gorgeous. 
And you might get lost in them. Okay. <laughs> I think I will be fine. I have a okay. lot of practice. Okay. I just, I just wanted to give you a warning. <laughs> okay. So the first category I, I read is family. So we'll see what we get there. So in terms of family, I see that you have, oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, hmm. There is a distancing that you have carefully crafted uh, between you and your immediate family. And by carefully crafted, I mean like you are such a big proponent of independence and finding your own way and not being told what to do and um, and not being influenced and you know, basically like pursuing your own passions and dreams and goals. Um, and a big part of, of your independence, you know, arises from the fact that you, you know, don't really have this sort of tight knit, close relationship with immediate family members, uh, which may influence you otherwise. Cause there are some people who, for instance, um, are very close to their, you know, their parents. And so when they have like big life decisions that they have to make, they always find like, I think I have to consult with, with mom and dad or on something like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to do this interview. I have to talk to them first. Like, you know, there's that thing, but you've sort of established this, you know, independent streak. Um, so there's a little bit of that going on that I see in terms of family can we retroactively set some ground rules? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I am not promising that I will agree or disagree with anything you say. Yes, yes. And um, that's the way we do it. But I can tell you this, that if my mother were here, mm -hmm. she would say, well, how many times did you go off to whatever country without telling me and didn't contact me for six months or how many oh remember when you you got married you didn't tell us for two and a half months until after it was over that's probably what i'm seeing yeah 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 so uh i'm i'm abstaining from vote <laughs> but i can tell you without question there are absolutely family members who would say spot on yeah um, so, so I, I think there's that. You and got a little momentum going here. I do. I'll give it to um, you. I'll give you the point. And so I always tell people, like when I read them, you know, you, you don't have to agree or disagree with anything I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's just like, basically I think of myself as sort of this talking mirror where I just reflect back in words, what you already know about yourself. So there are things that you're like, huh, hmm, okay. There's things that may make you think a little bit and reflect, which is what I love about these conversations is, is that they actually make you stop and think because normally you don't, you don't think about life. You just live it. Um, so that's in terms of family. The second category I do is friendship. Mm -hmm. Aha. So the word I see here, I don't need no, aha. I, I just throw a lot of sound me. effects to what throw people off. <laughs> I can shut this down at any moment. Aha. All right. All right. Uh, I think it just makes it more interesting. Oh people, yeah. No, it wakes anyone up. <laughs> like what, what, um, so the word I would say um, in terms of that category would be selective. Um, so you don't let a lot of people in. In fact, you have, um, I would say you are very picky when it comes to the people you let into your life, you know, an inner circle or whatever. I could say that maybe you count, um, you know, you can count your real friends, on zero hands. <laughs> like one hand, I would say. Not on zero hands, like one hand, you know, like the people that you can actually say, oh, yeah, he's, he's a friend or, you know, somebody that I can rely on and who can actually rely on me. Um, I think that the reason you do that is you have this, uh, you place such a big value on time because you know you don't have much of it and there are all these things that you want to pursue. I can kind of see you as a renaissance man where you have well, now you're flattering me is that flattering? I, am, I, I am a da vinci type i've always considered <laughs> myself uh yeah i mean like you have a lot of interest and not even just within the creative realm because i know you do photography i know you do right i know you do this but i think you also have interests and hobbies and pursuits outside of those realms and so there's really not enough time and i think that's part of you being selective but also a big part of that is that you don't fully trust people right off the bat. Like you always have this sort of uh, wary approach just to kind of like, you know, 
kind of sensing whether this might be a fruitful sort of relationship um, in terms of, because it, it takes a lot of effort, you know, putting into a friendship to make it blossom. It takes a lot of effort and you know that. Um, so you're very selective with the people that you actually want to put that effort in with. Um, so that's what I would say in terms of like friendships. I would love to say that I have friends who would agree with you there, but I don't really keep friends that much. So <laughs> kind of painted myself into a corner there. Huh? Mm, yep. Very, very selective. Um, the third category would be career. Um, so that's an interesting one because people are like, oh, maybe it, it has to do with what I'm currently doing now. Um, but in terms of career, I see that you are interested in branching out um, into other things. So this begs the question of um, like, what else other than the podcast are you going to do other than, you know, films, other than photography? I think there's a whole world out there that you're interested in kind of, because here's the thing you learn when you learn something, you kind of want to do a deeper dive into it. So if there's an interest or hobby or something that's calling out to you, you're like, you're highly likely to kind of try and, you know, um, learn more about it or pursue it. You know, you don't just kind of like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Wait, no, this is an actual interest. I'm actually, I want to learn more about this. I'm also getting the sense that you are, um, <sighs> there's a big challenge with being a creative professional. So that's a big part of um, maybe you're, you're, you're thinking of maybe diverging into something, you know, else other than this, something that would be a little bit more, um, you know, practical or lucrative to have on top of your passion, which is like pursuing the creative, you know, arts. Um, I think you would be a good business person if that was something that you were interested in pursuing, um, because you do have sort of that capacity to go into sort of the details um, that is required of being a business person. Um, so that's in terms of career. You disgust me. <laughs> what? Why? Get out of my house. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm not going to agree or disagree with you, <laughs> but I will tell you that if my wife were here, she would say that my New Year's resolution was to not be interested in everything this year, but to finally like, try to isolate uh -huh. something that could be a career I, I did warn you that this was, you know, not your regular uh, Venice Beach uh, You are type. repugnant in every sense of the word. <laughs> Uh, yes, I am. You very... have one more chance to blow it. Yes. Um, and if you don't blow it this time, you will have not blown it on this whole <laughs> little exercise. Well, so I think your wife might be listening in a little bit closer on the last category because it is love. So that's the, the final category. Now look, it doesn't take a psychic to notice that I am a Casanova. Uh, okay. I'm not, see, I'm trying Let, to throw you off your game. <laughs> I'm trying to be rancid. Too. You're actually giving me clues. Uh, no, um, let's see. I'm not a monster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only a monster would have Now a you're like closing your eyes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, uh oh, this Don't want to know what she finds. Um, <laughs> no, my wife knows most of it. Yeah, and you know There's what, you, no you can... discovery. So she can confirm or deny on your behalf, right? And she's not here, so you're safe. All right, let me reset, stop being an asshole, and <laughs> <laughs> let you do what you're doing, because you're doing it fine. So in terms of love, so here's the thing. I can sense that you are uh, sort of a hopeless romantic, even though you don't want to admit it. Um, but there's also a part of you that is like, oh, man, how do I read the needs of my partner a little bit better. So I think that's, that's kind of what I see is like, there's this, this, um, desire in you to sort of, um, you know, sort of give her everything that she possibly wants and needs Like you want to treat her like a queen. You want to, you know, sort of give her the best of everything and, you know, be a good, you know, husband and provider and lover and all of that. There's, there's a lot of that, but there's also a big part of you that is, you know, sort of insecure in that sense. Like, am I doing enough or, um, are there more things I should be doing to kind of, you know, achieve that sort of goal or expectation I've set for myself? Um, there may be things which your wife is like, you're totally doing fine. And you, you beat yourself up 
for some reason, you know, uh, if there's a birthday that you may have forgotten, which I highly doubt that you forget birthdays because you seem like the type who would remember them. Um, I'm going to call you that. <laughs> I remember to write them down because yeah. I do forget there them. There you go. But, but you do remember uh, because you write them down. Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I lean on someone on a device. Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of have this... Um, thing where you want to live up to the standard that you've set for yourself in terms of, you know, being a good partner. Um, and that's a big source of like, oh, man, am I doing enough? Should I do more? Is there, you know, something else? Um, yeah. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, where are your sunglasses when Michelle comes on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. <It's> not- <laughs> well, you have full control and power, so you can always remove that. That could be just for you. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Get the fuck out of my house. You're fine. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, shoot. No, 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 very accurate. Even on the last one, very, very accurate. Um, yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, hi. <laughs> See, this is what I love about this is now it's like people have no choice but to talk about, you know, better, deeper things other than the weather or like, you know. Things because because you've thrown away all of the. How much time did you spend with your with your auntie who reads tarot cards? Like, were you sitting in on the readings or no, listening? No, not that? at all. I didn't even know that she read tarot cards. My aunt who um, or palms, palms. Sorry, who reads palms? Um, she just kind of like woke up one day and realized she could do it. Like, she could look at somebody's palms and understand what the lines meant. I don't know how she does it. I I don't think she knows how she does it. She just does it. Um, and it's kind of the same with I guess me and in this gift is like I can't explain to people because they're like do you see images there are there words that flash are there things that happen is there like divine interveg I know there's none of that it's just I look at a person and then I start talking and Mm -hmm. then and then I say things and then I forget what I say let's let's talk real talk (laughs) real talk (laughs) on the on the fishbowl edition beta edition hosted by you um (laughs) The question comes into my mind is like, I, I uh, can't read anyone, but I especially can't read you. And I'm highly suspicious <laughs> that, um, that this is not something you learned as you uh, produced workshops. I think you were, I think that this calm demeanor led to you being able to produce workshops well. I think that the egg led to the chicken, not the chicken leading to the egg. Yeah, it could be. It could be both. I think I've always been like a, a quiet kid because I was an introvert. So it's more of like absorbing That's things. That's the thing is I cannot, I can't picture you at 13 whiling out. Really? I don't look like the party animal type? Nope. Oh, no, man. No, nope. there's just the- something about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very calm. Sometimes I'm calm to the point of like maybe freaking people out because like you should be freaking out right now. Like normal people should freak out at this point. And I'm like, well, you're freaking out enough for the both of us. So. Yeah, you filled the quota. Yeah. So. What does freak you out though? Like when, when, do, you, when do you go into panic mode? Well, there are a lot of things that definitely, you know, scare me. I mean, I'm a normal person, per se. <laughs> so, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think I just sort of have this, um, one of the things I do, and this is something I just kind of learned throughout, is like whenever you have any kind of huge emotion, whether it's overwhelm or fear or anxiety, um, the best uh, antidote to that is action. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so action kills fear. Action kills overwhelm. So ninety-nine percent of all discomfort comes from inaction in my life. I don't. I'm not saying that for everyone, but mm-hmm. anytime I'm feeling anxiety, it's because I've I've come to a point of stasis, and that's that's a nightmare. And that is that ties right back to um, why I have to stop doing so many different things every two weeks is. Because that is a direct result of fear of stasis, because mm-hmm. that stasis leads to anxiety. So it's not, I'm not being, in, in, a, in a very real sense, I'm not being proactive when I do a million different things. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. avoiding in, in inertia. 
yeah. or being inert. I mean, I'm avoiding an, an inert state, which isn't like it. Am I running towards something or am I running away from something? And if it's the latter, that's not a solution. That's a problem. Right. You know, so I think the, the big question there when you find yourself running is, you know, why are you running? Right. Are you running, like you said, away from something that you want, you don't want to face like a big priority that is actually the biggest thing that you need to be working on right now? Or are you running towards the priority stuff? So it's always these two things. And for me, um, whenever I like, I have a long to-do list. It never seems to like boil down to like half a page or one page, even there's always something that I need to do. And so I get overwhelmed Mm-hmm. Um, may not seem like it. People are like, oh, you're fine. But I do get overwhelmed. And when that happens, I just look for the smallest possible thing mm-hmm. that takes the least amount of time from that list. And I do that because it gives me sort of that momentum. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it done gets with you out it. of the so, not doing mode. Yeah. So what else, what other small thing can I do? And then before I know it, I've crossed off some things off that list. And then I can start working towards just building confidence towards the bigger items on that to-do list. Do you ever find yourself feeling isolated the, then because if, if people are assuming that you're in in either a, a peaceful state or a flow state and you might be in a an anxiety state or a panic state but nobody's like reading that nobody's guessing that Wh- where do you land on that is that I think there are opportunities for um, the funny thing is like I I learn so much about people just by watching them or, you know, listening to them or just kind of like just being around them. And I feel like a lot of this information is often volunteered. Um, And so I just wait for opportunities to sort of volunteer and share, like with people that I care about, people who know me best, um, you know, really close friends. I really kind of like tell them, well, here's what I'm currently worried about here's what I'm working on that's like really kind of beating me down this is what I'm having to deal with you know but for the most part I feel like a big part of you know working in a professional state like in the rice program or even like working these events is you have to make sure that you are able to keep your professional life separate from your personal life. I feel like that's a big part of it because you can't bring your personal drama into work. You can't bring that into a professional situation because your goal is to serve other people. When you're doing an event, you have to make sure it runs smoothly and they have the best possible experience. And they can't have that when you yourself are going through something. Do you feel that you on average have more, less, or the same amount of personal drama in your day-to-day I think I have a lot of personal drama going on. Um, Not like, I guess my work life is fine. You know, there's a lot of family things that I'm currently worrying about, like with my loved ones. Um, You know, I worry about them and I want to be able to help them. And sometimes I feel helpless that I can't help them um, in a way that I, you know, would love to. uh, Because a lot of it involves like, you know, finances or, you know, kind of thing. Like I would love to be able to buy my mom a house. I can't do that. Um, You know, so there's a lot of this sort of um, anxiety mostly is because when you care a lot about people, you can't help but be affected by what they're going through. So if they're going through something, you're always going to be worried about that, about them. And, you know, whether you or they like it or not, it's like, it, it does affect you. Like, I think that's why my writing, you know, sort of have, has been set aside. Cause I'm like worrying about like, you know, mm-hmm. loved ones and things like that. Um, and like I said, writing has to come from, you know, like joy. You have to be fully in the moment and engage in it, you know, to, fo- to do this creative work. Um, So I think there's that. I think the reason people think I'm mysterious or unreadable is because I always present this like very professional sort of Mm -hmm. front where I'm like not easily perturbed. It also comes from martial arts training where you (laughs) sort of have to be prepared for anything and very calm in the face of something coming at you. Like we have this drill in a screamo for the bell test called multiple attackers drill. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what that looks like. It's basically you in the middle of a circle of like your peers, black belts, whatever. And they can come at okay, you. Okay. Okay. We get it. Your black belt. Your peers are all black belts. Cool. <laughs> no, cool. It's My just, peers are <laughs> floppy fish. I mean, I mentioned that because it's the adrenaline oh, yeah, rush. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. like if you, 
that's why I say action kills fear because the moment you freeze up when somebody comes at you and you know it's part of the test like they're not really going to hurt you yeah 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 but you still have that response and so I think it's it's also helped me sort of respond to something with like sort of okay well instead of standing here and getting beat up I'm just going to like move yeah. you know I don't yeah. I don't know if my movement is going to protect me or you know, <laughs> yeah. do anything but I, I'm moving at least like it, it gives me sort of this sense of uh, control over something. And I think sort of that translates into real life as well. Like when something comes at you and you're completely unprepared for it, you're like, well, I can freeze up or I can just think about this and I can just do something, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. The inaction is the only wrong answer to <laughs> most situations. Yeah. So I'm doing it. I'm going to push the button. Go for it. Do you know what that is? That means we you get to is pull the first one. Is it time for it's the It's time questions. to jump into the fishbowl. All right, all right. Well, let's this is the part of the show where I I have given the show over to you, and now we both give the show over to the gods, the, the fishbowl. Uh, yes. Wait, what is this? Okay, so that, I got one here. That you have elevated the fishbowl to status of gods is incredible. Yes, there are powerful forces yes. at work here for me to pick this question. What is the question? How has Los Angeles changed in your time here? How long have you been here? A decade? I think I've been here since 2005. Plus? So, yeah, more than a decade, I'd say. 14 years? Let's not do math. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, longer than a decade is the safe answer. Any indication who this one's from? Mariko. Hey, Mariko Lockridge. Lockridge. Welcome to the show. She's, yes, yes. That's awesome. Good friend and good guest. Um, well, how has LA changed? I would have to say that the traffic has gotten a lot worse. I Here's the thing. People have been complaining about the traffic here since the 70s. So. Yeah, but it's gotten so much worse. Like I I left at 5.30 this morning to get to mm -hmm. work early. And I expected to get to work in like 30 minutes because, hey, 5.30, like who's out? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it takes me an <laughs> like a full hour to get. I mean, how does that happen at 5.30 in the morning? I am just, you know, amazed. Um, I also think that LA has gotten um, definitely a little bit more um, sort of diverse um, in that there's there's so many things that are available now, like in terms of events and things to do and like places to go and restaurants to eat at. I feel like that's sort of like, yep. there's just all, so much more experiences here um, that you can go out and, and, and do. So I kind of I kind of like that about LA. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of, I, I was out here years and years ago for a summer internship, and um, I can't really speak that detailed on the differences, but I got to say I have a lot of love for the like kind of dirty-ass skeevy L.A. that's underneath the increasingly gentrified L.A., mm. I kind of, I kind of dig it. I like. Which areas are these that I have, don't think I've ever heard of them? You've never been to a skeevy area in Los I Angeles. I don't think so. Well, it's always like work and home, work and home, and you know events. And, well, so. look. Next time you're bored, we'll just hop in the Jetta and I'll give you the skeevy tour of, of LA. Ooh. But not even skeevy. I just like dig the you know the mom and pop taco stands. Oh yeah. Those like little hole in the wall type yeah, things. Yeah, 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 and. I don't know. I just, I like it. I like, I, I prefer that stuff in LA, the stuff that's like 30, 40, 50 years old to the, you know, renovated warehouses that are now arts districts or stuff like that. I totally agree. I once found this typewriter shop mm -hmm. on Westwood mm -hmm. Avenue and I was like, oh, there's that typewriter shop. Like it's still around. And it was amazing. I went in there and I was like, oh my gosh, full of typewriters. It was like heaven. Was Monster. Tom Hanks in there? He actually, out? he actually had a poster there. Cause I think he, mm -hmm. he did something about, um, mm -hmm. like a film. Oh no, no. He's, he's mad for typewriters. <sighs> this is his favorite thing. I, I, I was like, man, this is the best discovery ever. Um, so it was amazing. And I brought one of my typewriters in there for repair. So that was heaven for me. Excellent. My turn. Yes. Oh, oh, what's this? Is this a green one? Oh, 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 what a coincidence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh oh, did you just. <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? Ha. Huh. And I think, I think we both have to answer this. Yes, definitely. I would love to hear your answer on that. I think I 
You know, one of the things that I had, like I said, I had this motto of like, make every heartbeat count. I, there's another thing which I always keep in mind is like, leave the place better than when you found it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always like keenly aware of this, like anywhere you know, I go. Something else. We're going to, I'm going to cut you off right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say what we're going to answer that question second. But the first question is, what do you think the person sitting across from you will be remembered for? Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I'm going first. Oh, you're going first. Okay. My idea. Um, Wait, what was your answer that you just gave? I don't know. I haven't fully explored it yet. Something about like the leave the place better than when you found it. That was the last line I. Okay. So what I'm imagining now is I am, I have been given the, the honor duty of speaking at your funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, What would I be saying about you? From what I know, our relationship is a little limited now. It's a bit strange that I was the one who was invited to speak at your funeral. But who knows what what the next 30, 40 years have in store for us. Anyway, um, I know you, I would, I would, I would say that I will remember you as, as an organizer, as an orchestrator, as a group unifier, things like, like that's how I, that's how I would remember you. That's a pretty good and very accurate, I think. And man, that would be amazing if I were remembered. You got to hurry up and that. die so I could say this no. at your funeral. Oh, is man. that what you're saying? What? This the podcast took a very dark <laughs> turn down this alley. Um, I hope you live forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's one of the things is that, um, you know, I, I would love to be remembered for you know, the stories I've told, Mm -hmm. of course, that's a big thing that I'm currently working towards, but I also would like to be remembered as, you know, somebody who has, you know, made an impact and that, you know, one of the the reasons I started this group CBWLA is because I'm a big believer in like going after your dreams, you Mm -hmm. know, so I support that whatever your writing dream is like go after it. And so I'd love to be remembered as a person who kind of like pushed people towards, you know, achieving, you know, those dreams. Um, quick so thought. do we, do quick I? Quick thought, quick mm-hmm. thought before we get into your version of me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be remembered for the stories you told primarily and the groups that you organize secondarily, you need to get that book published. Yes. Like yesterday. You mm-hmm. need to stop investing so much time in organizing all these I workshops. Know this. Truth, truth <laughs> is spoken. Yes. I I yeah. I I'm not saying that it's a shame if you're remembered for the organizational work that you did and the workshops that you put together. That would be fantastic. You're you're on you're on track for, for like a bomb ass funeral. Yeah, like I've, one of the best. I've gotten that. I'm just trying to build fans um, okay. before actually writing a book. So <laughs> But you gotta get your first book out before you're remembered <laughs> that, for the stories you've told. Yeah. Yeah, that's my excuse. But um, but yeah, you're right. It's like um, you have to really focus on the things that, you know, matter to you the most. And I think writing and any other creative pursuit is really a selfish task, if you think about it, or at least people feel that it is, you know, kind of selfish because it's like, yeah, it gives it, me so much joy and happiness. Until that to do this. book lands in the hands of some little girl living in the Philippines who hasn't found the book about her yet, in which case it becomes a completely selfless act that could change the trajectory of somebody's life. I hear you. And that's a great way of reframing that whole this is a selfish, you know, kind of pursuit thing. I think that's what I've been trying to overcome all these years. Just is, go back and listen to episode one of this series and hear the truth in it that you said. <laughs> yes. Um, don't worry. I am definitely working on this, um, moving towards that second part of like okay. what I want to I told be you this for. would be a more antagonistic yeah. version. I, I was really soft on you. I think you're you trying to get one. back at me for reading you. Oh yeah. Uh, no so, doubt. Yes, you, I, I can sense that. Yeah. Like, I see that. I, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely fully believe in that. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm like getting back into my roots as a writer, because I started to feel like. I'm doing all of these, like I'm organizing all these writing events and like, you know, all of these writing classes and things like that, but I am not myself pursuing the craft as a writer. And I feel like that is just not, uh, you know, a good model to take. Well, now I'm feeling guilty because I just sucked up an afternoon of your life that you could have spent writing and I want this book. Well, what do I want more, this podcast or this book? Because anyway, (laughs) 
Uh, I'll never be done demanding content from you at this point. I feel like this podcast is going to be a really great source of, you know, maybe a future story. Maybe I'll, I'll, you know, write a story about some podcaster or like, you know. This podcast, I hope before it gets you writing another story other than the one that you haven't published yet, is the kick of the butt to finish the one that you haven't published yet. Yes, it definitely is. Okay, okay, okay. Um, You can write all the stories you want about podcasters after book one is out. (laughs) I will, and I will send it to you for a review. And then uh, maybe about we, podcasters or book one? No, about the, the book. But when I finish it, mm-hmm. I definitely will be sending it to you. Okay. So Okay, you're off the hook. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ease up on, that's all I yeah. wanted. That's all I wanted. It's, it's a promise. And it has been made <laughs> on air, a, and now I can't take it back. So there you a go. A very roundabout way of convincing you to send me a <laughs> copy of your first book. But, you know. I definitely will. Because, okay. you know, clearly you are one of the people who believe that it needs to be out there. So I, I appreciate that. Um yeah. So in terms of turning this around, though, and seeing mm-hmm. what you, I'll let you do that. might be I mean, remembered. I've been trying to kick this can down the road I long know, enough. You're like, oh, man, what did I get myself into? I'm going to lean back and enjoy this. <laughs> I feel that you you will be remembered for, number one, being a professional dilettante um, because you are pursuing so many of your interests and passions. And actually, one of the things I feel like um, you will be remembered for is being a great storyteller. And that is sort of the catch-all, you know, term for, um, because you tell stories in podcasts, you tell stories in your writing, you tell stories in your film. So really your title is like storyteller, if you think about this. So I think that's what you would be remembered for, being a really great storyteller. All right. Am I off the hook then? For, You're off the yeah, hook. Okay, You're never on the hook. Now okay. go write your goddamn novel. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, I, I will take it. If people remember me as somebody who 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 communicated ideas to other people through various media, mm-hmm. uh, yo, sign me up for that funeral. I think it'll be a, a fun one. Cause the, the worst thing that I just realized right now is uh, we won't get to be at each other's funerals. One of us will not be at the... Uh, guaranteed! It's possible that neither of us go to either of our funerals, but... There's no way that both of us are going to both of our funerals. Well, you know, I mean, who knows? There might be spirits moving around, watching from the sidelines, right? I'm a big believer in supernatural events, so who knows? Uh, And then, what was the actual question? Was how do we want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Yeah, I think I answered that. Like yeah. the, the, a good storyteller um, and also... Yes, like, you did. You totally did. You totally yeah. did. I was so wrapped up in berating you that I uh, You didn't answer. The- How do I want to be remembered? Yes. Um, Casanova. Really? Oh, <laughs> inaccurate. I, I'm reading you right now. No. Inaccurate. <laughs> you don't know younger me. What? No. What, oh, that's such a mean thing to say. You're no... <laughs> I'm not saying you're no Casanova. I just don't think it's what you want to be remembered for. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's back up. Let me take this a little bit seriously. I feel like I'm being flippant dismissive of an actual conversation that's happening in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I should pay a little bit more respect to, to the proceedings. Uh, how do I want to be remembered is um, my like favorite thing in the world is to do creative and fun projects with people who are also creative and fun. Mm-hmm. And I hope that, you know, at my funeral, somebody, if my whole funeral is just like somebody getting up there and being like, hey, it was pretty creative and funny. And you like to hang around creative, fun people. Hey, you can drop the box in the ground now. That would be, that would be enough. Oh, that's a good goal to aspire to. I've, I've I got the name for my funeral. Oh. <laughs> You have a name? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I totally stole it from from uh, the most recent WrestleMania. Oh my gosh! There was the um, the in the recent WrestleMania there was a section called the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. So my funeral, please, please, survivors of me, I want the pamphlet to say the Jesse Kester Memorial Battle Royale. Oh my god. That's not a half bad idea. Isn't it? Yeah. How fun, how excited would you be to go to a memorial battle royale? Uh, and there could be like good. a little blurb on the back of the pamphlet that said, this was inspired by Andre the Giant and his memorial battle royale at WrestleMania 37 or whatever we celebrated this year. 
You are a big fan of WrestleMania. I remember well, that now about you. Yes. Have you seen wrestling? I have. It's fantastic. I'm like, why are they hurting themselves this way? Okay. On the other <laughs> hand, it's fantastic. Your turn. Please pick one out. All right. And we're going to have to wind down soon. We're running we out are. of tape on the cards. What'd you get? What'd you get? This is exciting. Oh my God. What is up with it? I think there's a theme of mortality in this podcast right now. Um, Wait, what's... <laughs> what ideally would you like to happen when you die? Like, that is a serious question that I picked out of this fishbowl. No, there's a lot... There's a lot that could be read as. That means like, how do you how do you hope that you will pass away? I think that's what do you how... want the aftermath to be? Yeah, there's it's kind of an open ended sort of question that you can take however you like. Mm -hmm. So, I would like to pass peacefully in my sleep, surrounded by loved ones. I think that's the ideal. Are they allowed um, to be sleeping too? Sure. Okay. You know, and then they would freak out when they wake up. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then I like to think there is life after, you know, this one. I think I just, I think what happens is I move on to the next realm and I just explore that realm. It is the official stance yes. of the Hollywood fishbowl that we do not know what happens after we die. Yeah. I came out with some pretty strong opinions and my mom called me and said that I sounded as stupid as, I'm not even going to say the word. Oh, <laughs> for having for saying that I knew what happened after oh death. So God. we have a public statement has been released. We do not know the official official stance. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. And I like to think as a fantasy lover that I am just moving on to the next realm. Who knows? It might be a fun, like, you know, fairy filled realm. Like it's up. And it's who a are you to say that we are not in a fairy-filled realm right now? I feel like this is a little bit less fairy and a little bit more troll. Um, <laughs> Casting shade on the planet. Shade has been thrown. Take it's it or leave it. Michelle eclipse of the sun. <laughs> it is an eclipse. Uh, <laughs> are you supposed uh, to answer this question, too? I can. And there is the bump that we've been waiting for. I love it when people hit the mic stand. It's my favorite thing. What do I ideally... Can I go snarky on this or do I have to be sincere? No. Go for snark. Okay. I just threw shade, so... Um, ideally, every woman I've ever dated is at my funeral and they all look at each other and they understand the loss that they are feeling. Oh. <laughs> Without saying a word. Uh, is it the loss <laughs> or dot 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 <laughs> alright I will give this one to you because you know everyone is entitled to their dreams I told you I was going snarky smart ass on that <laughs> I'm hiding behind a dozen walls of emotional protection when I talk in that yeah. manner yeah I can see that <laughs> My turn. I'm not going to go for one of yours. Let's see. What what next is our death card? Oh, gosh. That seems to be the theme. Okay. This is way lighter. Okay. Good. All right. So, uh, stand-ins for filmmaking. Like, before, if you were if you were an actor, mm -hmm. before you come to set, they have a stand-in, sit in your chair to get the lighting right and whatever. What celebrity should be your stand-in? Celebrity. So Ooh. you are basically getting elevated to the highest heights of Hollywood fame. You're the biggest, best mm -hmm. actor in the galaxy. Um, but your stand-in can't be Joe Schmo from Kokomo or anywhere. <laughs> I think I know that guy. Um, it, huh, that's an interesting It's got to be a celebrity. Celebrity. Gosh. Yes. I... Like so many celebrities in, in that I enjoy their performances on screen. Mm -hmm. But the one I, I think that comes to the forefront of my mind only because tis the season is um, Emilia Clark. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which season it is. It's not Christmas. No. That's the big one. It's not Halloween. For, That's for my dragons favorite one. Dragons and, you know, oh. killing things. Sounds like we uh, got... One of those on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, I enjoy on, her performance, on, but um, only because I think she's like adorable. Let me like do that one again. Adorable. Sounds like we got one of those on the show. 
<laughs> okay, please, <laughs> please, please. Sound. Try to get through this without me interrupting. And being <laughs> an Actually, idiot. no, she came to, to my mind only because I've, I've seen so many of these, like, you know, Game of Thrones um, commercials and things like that. But I really would love it if somebody, um, uh, like, have you watched Crazy Rich Asians? I have not. Oh, so much fun. The lead actress in that. What is Constance Wu? Constance Wu, yes. yes. Oh, I okay. would I would love for her to be uh, stand in. I'm going to tell you my, my Constance Wu story very quickly. Mm-hmm. I was doing background work on uh, Fresh Off the Boat, and we were shooting at a high school. And Constance was on set that day. And like halfway through the day, one of the students, he must have been like 12 or 13, he sheepishly tiptoed up to me as I was walking back to holding and he like glanced around like as if this was the conspiratorial moment of his existence. And he said, is Constance still around? And anyone, if anyone doubts that representation matters, mm-hmm. you look in the eyes of that little Asian kid who walked up to me and asked if Constant was still around and you will know it matters. It, it matters. Absolutely. It changes everything. The only people who think that representation doesn't matter is the people who have been exclusively represented for the last hundred years of cinema in a here, fantastic here. way. Here, Those are here. the only ones who are like, why is it so important? Yeah, exactly. Who, no, I just, I really like love that movie and rep- representation. And it's nice to see sort of the, the Asian culture celebrated. Um, I wish they would do a lot more of it, you know, so... that's what's happening i mean if it's financially like that was a huge financial success so even if it's being done for the wrong reasons aka capitalism we're just gonna see more representation same with black panther like it's just gonna when these movies hit so huge then people are like oh well we got to get on that yeah and i'm really excited because i think marvel is developing a care a filipino superhero character so i am super excited if that were true because i've been reading some stuff about that and that would be amazing let's do speed rounds this card has four minutes left so we gotta do one oh Oh. wait we have to do our two minutes of silence at the end oh we're out we're We're done we're done done. sorry um my (laughs) stand-in would be bill Hader, just because i think he'd be great fun to have around on set all day every day you want to wind down yeah Let's do it. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I've been your host, Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester for as long as I live. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can find us on Instagram at HWFishbowl. No more Twitter, because fuck Twitter. You can also find us on the web at www.3w's.hollywoodfishbowl.com. But it's not about us. It's about the guest. If people liked what they heard, where can they find you? Well, they can look for me at uh, thewritingnut.com. I, I am uh, proud of you for not jumping into this radio voice bit uh, you, you're handling it beautifully please continue yes. as you feel most natural the writing mm-hmm. and also um, cbwla.org um, we have some workshops critique sessions a whole bunch of resources for writers there I'm also part of SCBWIs I'd like to give them a shout out um, they could go to losangeles.scbwi.org to learn more we also have tons of amazing events and of course the final thing is the writers pr- program so writers.uclaextension.edu and they can find me all over the place I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show we're going to get the mics out of the way and just do the interview that I've always dreamt of doing is that okay? sure, do I remove this thing? Okay. it's your choice, there's no Okay. you do what you want This is challenging because I'm reading things. You're allowed to. You can spend this time Mm -hmm. however you like.
Thanks for coming on. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me.